That's why I don't have one because I can't decide what I'd get. The ramble? I don't believe in names. That's a bad omen. That's not a name. It is a name. The ramble is a name of a podcast. Oh, well, okay, well, uh, the title, but okay, you know, like, uh, yeah. But if I if I get the ramble tattoo to myself, then our friendship will crumble and the podcast will go to shit. Uh, I'll lose all thirteen of our average listeners. Oh, did we get another one? You've been saying 12. So I was just uh, overestimating. Oh, optimism from Vermont. Vicky. Yeah. I wonder if she's still listening. You are so blurry right now. I hate recording video. Caleb. You should. Well, I enjoy it because it kind of distorts. So I don't have to. Fair enough. I can start wearing a mask. If you see the features Mm -hmm. (laughs) to protect me from. The virus. What if it could? What if it could travel through? That's like some serious I mean, Age of Ultron. We'd, uh, stuff. we'd all be doomed. Mm. What if we start with mittens and Sharpie? And Sharpie. And then do that? that actually kind of works if you think about it. Sharpie. Black. Sharpies are generally black. Mittens. Worn by ninjas. Kind of. You know? Are they? Well, they wear gloves. How do you know? One could call them mittens. How do I know? The kittens have lost their mittens. What about the ninjas? They still have them, apparently. Ninja, he's ninja, she is ninja too. I am ninja, we are ninja. But I believe that you are ninja too. Wow, what is that? Ask a ninja from the early, early days of YouTube. <laughs> But in reality, what the heck are you? Oh, what? Oh, what? Oh, I'm I was good. just changing the subject. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. You know, I I wore my hat today. I see that first time I think I've ever seen you wear a hat on the podcast, or uh, at least a cap. You've probably worn beanies before. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, opening, uh, opening. Yes, yes, door. yes. In honor. But uh, it's oh hey, you can join me. Yes, but. Put it on you a little bit. A little, uh, little snug. Mm. Fun fact you have a big head. Is, well, I have a big head, but also this hat was found and sent through the washer because lice, you know. And I haven't worn it since I found it. Was it also insecure? I don't know what that means. I guess. You said it was lost. Lost and insecure. You found it. <sighs> Lying on the floor. What was it? Lying yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you don't have to elaborate. You know, I had a, a funny memory from my childhood. One time I was at the doctor's office and I went to, with my grandmother, and I went to the toilet and I found this Chicago Bulls hat. And I was just mm. the biggest fan of, you know, Michael Jordan, Space Jam, 90s, etc. And... I came back out wearing the Chicago Bulls hat and my grandmother lost it on me (laughs) (laughs) and then gave me the whole like lice talk and et cetera. So (laughs) So what happened to the hat? That is a great question. I did. She like snatch it off your head or did she, she just make you take it off and you set it down? I don't know if she snatched it off my head, but the hat came off and I believe 
she required of me to go put it back from whence it came. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. That's depressing. I bet that would have been worth uh, maybe some money. Yeah. Anyways, maybe. Well, I don't know. If it's just a Chicago Bulls hat, no specific reference to Michael Jordan, maybe not. But Maybe not. Unless that Anyways. was his doctor's office. And it was That's his hat. pretty cool. It was his hat, yeah. He was at the pediatrics as a six foot six or however tall he is, man. Well, he, he had child. kids, presumably. Yeah. So. He did. He did have kids. He does have kids. What other uh, fun artifacts have you discovered from public restrooms? I, I myself, <laughs> I've recovered uh, a pair of Ray-Bans once before. It was one of my favorite finds. Somebody had left a pair of Ray-Bans like sitting on top of like the toilet paper holder. You know? On the... Oh, oh okay. I, I thought like on yeah. top of the toilet paper. And I was like, how do you forget and leave it... Yeah. Situated in such a way. They just set it down on the little canister that holds the toilet paper. And I was like so happy to find them. And I mean, this was a public restroom where like there was no way to, there wasn't even a lost and found. It was like in a hallway restroom in between multiple businesses. So there was no way to like return it to a specific lost and found. The, the original owner of the glasses was, they were, there's no way they were going to, find them unless they had come back to the restroom, which if I didn't take them, somebody else would have inevitably, you know? Oh, okay. That's Ironically, I ended up losing them not too much later though. That's karma right there. It did is. you, did you leave it on toilet paper? No, I went to a wedding with a buddy of mine and he was driving his dad's truck to the wedding. And I, so I rode with him and on the way to the wedding, it was daytime and bright outside. So sunglasses galore. Um, and then so I obviously had taken them off when we got to the wedding. When we were leaving, it was nighttime. I didn't think to put them back on. I didn't even think to grab them. Mm-hmm. He didn't normally drive that vehicle. And by the time I realized that um, I had left them in his dad's truck, he had already kind of exchanged his vehicle back with his father. The last I heard is he thinks that his sister's been wearing them, but he didn't like. <laughs> he didn't reach out? Ret- No. <laughs> Ironically, that that friend is Hunter, who we're having a hard time getting hold of as we speak. Yes. So thanks, Hunter, if you're listening. <laughs> I'd like I'd like my uh, lost and found sunglasses. Back. You think that based on a story that will come up and how she scared me and really traumatized me, that you know this would be sort of uh, that she would be giving back, you know, these glasses to you. After it's retribution, retribution, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she might argue that you traumatized her, and therefore <laughs> the glasses were retribution for her. So I don't know. We'll yeah. get to that story though. Yeah, but that that is confusing though because it has this is a slight, obviously, towards you, but maybe you know, well, we're the you same person. Closet, in her eyes. you know. So yeah, that's true. We're, I'm an extension. Very easy to. Of you, <laughs> you're like you're like an extra appendage. Yes. Oh, I almost said that. Oh man. Shout out, <laughs> Derek Booker. <laughs> it's Devin Booker, but okay. Okay. Oh, well, God, I'm, I'm not a sports guy. I'm definitely not a sports, not a sports guy. guy. Yeah, not a sports whoop, guy. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Over the head, under the woods. I was going to share this last funny story before we jump into the next segment because I thought okay. you would appreciate this. Um, I love funny stories. 
Yeah, well, I, you know me. I do. My name's Tim. Timbo the King. I was talking with my grandmother last night, and she was she had my two nephews, Liam and Beckham, over for their spring break, and they're roughly, you know, they're like eight, ten-ish. And my grandmother had sent me pictures that they drew earlier and said, oh, the, Liam drew these pictures. And I looked at them. One was a bunny rabbit and some hearts, and the other one, I couldn't quite tell what it was. And so I was telling Liam, oh, I enjoyed the pictures that you sent. You know, uh, what else? Are you drawing any superheroes? He says, no. I said, oh, are you drawing pictures of you and Beckham? No. And we went through like five different items, and I still never figured out what he was drawing at that moment. But then Beckham comes on the phone, and he said, he doesn't, the first thing he says is, Uncle Caleb. I said, yes. He says, I just want to let you know that Liam didn't draw both of those. I drew one. And I said, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Which one did you draw? He said, the one without the body. And uh, I'll, send it, I'll send it to you as we're talking. But he said, the one without the body. And I said, oh, okay, is that a snake? And he said, no, Uncle Caleb, that's a rabbit. That's a bunny. <laughs> and so I said, and he seemed so hurt. And then I said, oh, well, let me. And I turned it to the side. I'm like, oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Okay, so you've got to turn the picture to the side. Okay. Yeah. Don't send it to me. Turn to the side so I can try okay. to. Okay. You, you just tell me yeah, what you think. Yeah, it looks like a head, a snake's head's been chopped off. Yeah. Initially. Mm-hmm. And then if you turn it, I can see the bunny, I think. Are those supposed to be like whiskers? You know. Those three ones. That is... I guess you're the wrong person to be asking about the That's true, because now I can see, like, <laughs> a young billy goat. A billy goat? Wow. Yeah. You know, the the fact that we're having these conversations, I mean, might mean that this is a valuable work of art. You should tell Liam. You know? I mean, I feel like... Well, Beckham drew this one. He, Oh, Beckham. I'm sorry. Yes. He, he, don't, don't, <laughs> don't fall into that trap. Um... I feel like billionaires could spend hours just debating on what this was intended to be. Yes, yes. This is, yeah, it's fascinating. Maybe uh, maybe Vincent Tanafrio will want this from the gallery and... Kill to have it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Well, how are you today, Tim? Sorry for that longitudinal intro. Oh, it's quite all right. It's uh, what we do. Um, we ramble. About nonsense. Well, I wasn't going to say it. It was kind of a implied. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Oh, it's okay. I mean, I think it's just the people that are listening know this. Um, I'm well. I'm well. I'm excited to be back. You know, it may not the, the listeners may not be privy to this, but we've taken such a long gap between this episode and last last week's episode. Yes. Yes. In 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 terms of recording, obviously, it was released congruently but you are just a wordsmith this morning i'm enjoying this thank you art gallery and also a symposium ted Um, talk tim talk Ooh, tim talk (laughs) technology interdimensionalism and mathematicians oh wow just unfiltered taco tim thoughts taco tim are you calling me taco tim because of the taco bell skills challenge you called yourself taco tim oh in one of the Previous uh, bonus contents. Okay. Wink, wink. Hint, hint. 
goes the other way. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Anyways, it's been a while that we've uh, sat down and recorded, so it's been a pleasure, or it is a pleasure. <laughs> it's been a pleasure being away, having a it's break. It's been a pleasure being away, but it's a pleasure being back as well. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Two sides of the same proverbial coin. Cool, yes. Talk about smithing words over here. <laughs> you seem to be stuck. Why don't we uh, move into... Question of the day. Hey, man, what's your question? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for that uh, transition. Well, today, I wasn't stuck. I was thinking of a warm and enlightening intro for the audience because they, we haven't welcomed them. Oh, shoot. Okay, it's fine. And we can we can just rewind. Backstab. Welcome, everybody, to the ramble. If you have gotten this far, you'll know that we should have welcomed you earlier. But you may not know that if I've edited that out. But if I've forgotten to edit it in such a way, then this is a really long-winded way of saying welcome to the ramble. My name is Caleb. Oh, and my name is uh, Tim, Taco Tim, as they sometimes say. Yeah. Although I don't think you have earned that title, but. I definitely haven't. Well, I mean, I came closer than some people. <laughs> if you're listening, Jacobius. You you know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> Didn't finish your tacos. <laughs> Didn't finish your tacos like a big boy. Didn't clean your plate, you know. Eat all those tacos <laughs> for the nutrients. Okay, okay, now Tim, now Tim. I'm ready, I'm ready. Let's all go right. into... Question of the day. Hey, man, what's your question? I'm glad you asked. See what I did there? I did. Mm-hmm. Right, second time. Yes. All right. Question of the day. You know, we've been following the same formula for, since the beginning, we've had just two different questions, uh, or question types that we've asked, but I thought, why not bring in a third? Well, we've had three, Tim. We've done, would you rather? Uh-huh. And fake Florida man. What's the third? Actually, we've done four. Wow. Oh, we've done this or that. We've, You're right. We've done, uh, just like question roulette. Question roulette, yes. Okay. And then no. Oh my gosh, we've done five, Tim, and overrated, underrated. Yeah, that's kind of like this or that, though. But oh, you're right. Okay. I'm okay. way off. Um, we'll get well, back I on. Guess Just get back on. Just Okay. Well, on that there's, a, there's another question that I'd like to introduce, another question style. Mm-hmm. Um. Just to add to the plethora of questions, I guess. I'm sorry for misleading the listeners. It's okay. It's um, okay. Although if you've been listening regularly, you're aware that I was just way off base. This is going to change the tone a little bit. Um, whereas most of the questions of the days can be kind of silly or frivolous. I thought, you know, we're maturing as young adults or maybe middle-aged adults at this point. Good grief. Oh my gosh. Um and, you know, we, we need to start talking about the more serious matters of life. So I thought instead of asking some unrealistic hyperbole, 
Um, sorry, you've, you've got in my head now. I feel like I have to use these big words. I don't even think I use that right, but, uh, I figured we would, uh, we would talk about some moral dilemmas. What do you think about that? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to pose a couple of moral dilemma questions to you. I've got two. Um, I don't really know how long it's going to take for you to make your decisions. Okay. Um, We don't have to go through both, but, uh, let's just kind of see how it goes. Okay. Oh man, I'm scared because I'm just, I'm used to just being silly and talking about nothing about mayonnaise and random things. But I mean, you could still maybe talk about mayonnaise, incorporate mayonnaise. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you the titles of these and then you can kind of pick which one you'd rather do first. We've got the Robin Hood dilemma. And then we also have, and I, and I picked this one specifically because of your career choice. And you are so close at this point. We call this one the doctor dilemma. So we can, like I said, we can knock out both or we can just, you know, tackle one at a time and kind of see if we have time for the second. Hmm. Okay. I'm on, I'm on like a little bit of a baby hiatus from medicine because I've just finished my finals effectively. I've got one more. But not to say I don't want to tackle the, but let's start with the Robin Hood one just because I'm in that, that zone of not being in that zone. You see what I mean? See what I mean. Okay, that sounds good. So we'll we'll talk tackle the Robin Hood dilemma, and then to kind of get you back in the mindset of of Doctor Hood, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll do the Doctor dilemma okay. if we have time. Yes, yes. Let's see how this goes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ready. You, Jones, Caleb, Richard Johnson, are an eyewitness to a crime. Mm-hmm. A man has robbed a bank. But instead of keeping the money for himself, he donates it to a poor orphanage that can now afford to feed, clothe, and care for its children. You know who committed the crime. But if you go to the authorities with the information, there's a good chance that the money will be returned to the bank, leaving a lot of kids in need. What do you do? Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm. I see why this is called the Robin Hood dilemma because like the much like the trailer for the animated Robin Hood movie that I watched growing up, he stole from the rich to give to the poor. Okay. See, that makes so much more sense. I thought it was because if you read between the lines, the, the criminal, his name was Robin and he was wearing a hood when he went to rob the bank. So, Oh, well in the animated movie, he was a fox. Well, I didn't say anything in here about him being a fox. So, okay, okay. Um, you know, I feel like there are a lot of fables about foxes and just being sly. So maybe that's why they chose it. Anyways, yeah, that is a tough one. Do we know the amount of money? Or is that regardless? Three million dollars. It's regardless. Okay. Okay. But we'll I mean, go with three million dollars. Okay. 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 We get, we get it. We get it. I think, hmm. Oh, yeah, it would have to be a sizable amount to, you know, relieve the children of certain burdens. Is this just a normal bank? Like, you know, just your local Wells Fargo, your local uh, what other kind of, of bank the people? Could it be? I, I don't like, I'm thinking this is a good point. You know, like on Spider Man 2, when 
Doc Ock robs the bank and it's like they have a proper vault in the bank. It's okay. a, like a mega bank, you know. Sure, let's assume that it has a vault. This guy's good. Robin the Fox is is really good at what he does. But he just the only the only loopholes he didn't see that you saw him. You're the only eyewitness. He just kind of missed that. Wow. That's impressive. So so what am I doing at the bank? Just banking? You are <laughs> Am I a teller there? Just getting way off topic. Yes, you or you were um no, you weren't you were not a teller at the bank. You were walking um you were okay, you were sunbathing on the building next to the bank. This is in New York, and you happen to peer over the edge at the moment where he was masking up to to break into the bank. So you saw his face prior to the mask going on. And okay, so I've got my sunscreen on. I didn't have a heart attack because I just saw this fox put on a mask. Okay. <laughs> um all right. So I get I'm thinking I'm thinking about it two ways. I'm thinking about it me knowing myself and also like the morally like what should I do? Sure. I well that's the whole dilemma, right? I feel like that's the way you should be looking at it. Yes, yes, yes. Um I'm just trying to like structure my argument. Okay. I think what I would probably do is like honestly I would probably not do anything. You would you would let the the money benefit the children. Yeah, well, I mean, even if I didn't know that it was going to children, just from a safety mm, kind of standpoint, okay. you know, it's like as long as this is not directly affecting me, like it's not my money wow. in the bank, okay. you know. Um, well, you live next door to the bank. Let's assume that some of your money is in a bank. Okay. Okay. Well, I sure. mean, not to keep changing qualifications here, but or descriptions, of, you know. But mm -hmm. I, I well, okay, just continue your thoughts. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's you, fine. So I, well, surely I would be compensated by the bank. You know, it's not my fault that they got burgled <laughs> by a masked fox. Well, right, and you know, I think that's a lot of at least in the movies. I. I who knows how realistic this is, but I feel like anytime the idea of like a bank getting robbed comes up, well, banks have insurance and mm -hmm. so it's not going to affect the customers. Right. So like that, that is a valid argument. It's not going to negatively affect you. Even if you have money in the bank, the bank will, you're not going to be punished for somebody robbing. You know what I mean? This isn't the wild west. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is a, a valid thought structure okay okay uh so that's like on the one hand on the other one is like okay well if i'm somebody that this is just not going to affect in any way I, my safety is not compromised my funds are not compromised just like morally what would i do i would probably if i knew for sure it was going to help the children not to suffer the little children then I would probably take a utilitarian approach. I'm not I'm not a, a philosopher in ethics, but I have taken a few classes for medicine and I would probably take a utilitarianism approach saying that the utility that benefits the most people should be the the option at the end of the day 
And I feel like the benefit that these kids are getting by having the orphanage supplied with money, so food, just basic resources, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. et cetera, is probably going to outweigh whatever hit it has t- the bank has taken. Okay. D- to spice things up, and I'm not trying to like make things too complicated, but if we're taking the utilitarian approach, consider the the thief has killed somebody Mm. and by you bringing like your information you could bring justice to that person's family or something like that would that change anything just out of curiosity we don't have to spend too much time on that but you that's a tough one so i'm the only one that witnessed this you're robbery. The only, you're the only one who knows who this person was. Yes. Multiple people witnessed the robbery, but nobody knows who the, who the thief was. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I'm the only one that can bring justice by identifying who the thief right. is. So would that, yeah, would that change the benefit of the children? Cause I think I'm probably with you. I don't, I feel like I would wear a lot of guilt if I just chose not to, regardless of the murder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would probably feel guilty if I didn't bring it, but I would want, like you said, kind of the, the most benefit is probably for the children, the bank. I, I would kind of knowing deep down that, okay, well, the bank is going to get its money back from the insurance company, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. I hate that it happened this way, but you know, I would keep my mouth shut. So I think I'm right there with you, but if there was a murder involved, would that change things for me? I don't know, but. Let's hear your thoughts. Yeah. I think it probably would. Um, and I would, because, yeah, it's like two two wrongs. Don't make a right, but three lefts do. I think that, hmm. I think I would probably in that case, because I would want to see justice in some capacity that I would probably identify the thief. Okay. Also in hopes that maybe he left the money on a sack to the orphanage and that that money could not be traced and the the orphanage still gets the money. I don't know if that's a possibility, but I don't know if I could live with knowing that this person killed somebody and I could have Mm -hmm. identified and brought some semblance of justice. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I know for sure. Now I could go daredevil, you know, New York and I could Vigilante take justice, justice into my, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't strike me as the daredevil type though. <laughs> because I'm not blind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you know, I very nearly was, that's a, another story for season three, but <laughs> I'm excited. I don't think I know the story. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I think that that's kind of what I would hope for. Okay. Go with. I mean, how would that change it for you if you knew that you could bring justice or some kind of justice by identifying this mammal? Yeah, I would. I don't think I would hesitate. I mean, as much as I would, assuming that by turning him in, that means that the the money is reversed back to the bank and away from the orphanage, I would still probably do it mm-hmm. and just kind of hope in the goodness of the community 
and just hope that the orphanage is still taken care of in some way, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Because yeah, like justice needs to be served and, you know, in terms of like the sanctity of life. Uh, I mean, I can't like, like had this situation not happened, the orphanage would have been in the condition that it's in anyways, you know? True. But that, but the person who was murdered wouldn't, would have been a lot, you know what I mean? So like, I just mm-hmm. feel like, we can't, I don't know, you, you can't like take the benefit to the orphanage as like a compromise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That is true. That is true. It's a tricky one. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a very similar situation to this the other day where I got Were you sunbathing beside a bank. I was uh, no, uh, no bank and certainly no sunbathing. This is England, but <laughs> um, I was. I was with my friend Emmanuel. He had come over and we were studying. Uh, I told you about this a little bit, BTS, but uh, I just, I, you know, I sent up a prayer. I said, you know, Lord, please let let Chester Street, uh, aka <laughs> Street, as it's on the the sign, be just a peaceful and wonderful place this evening for our first guests. And in the middle of practicing some examinations, get a knock at the door. Who is it? But two police officers, and they're asking me to identify two guys that come by and some sort of nefarious activity never figured out what it was but what if they were robbing one of the flats to give it to an orphanage Mm. well in this scenario you wouldn't have known that you know Mm. which that's a whole nother thing does that change the orphanage dilemma the robin hood dilemma you you witness the crime but you don't you don't know this but the money has been donated to the orphanage Mm. would that change things I mean, I guess it would because you would know. So, yeah, this is true because I wouldn't automatically assume that someone that robs a bank is doing so. Like, I, right? You know, but but you but the news comes out that your the bank calls you a hero, but the orphanage calls you a villain. Mm. Oh, wow! Imagine. Anyways, what? great great answers to the question. Yeah, I love that. That's a- do do we have time for the doctor dilemma, or should we save that for another day? Let's do it. What is it? Isn't it a quick one? Uh, it's up to you. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Go, Doctor Johnson or Caleb, as they say in the uh, in the UK, because they don't use Doctor. Well, they mm. don't use the title. Right? Well, no, they do, but I mean, it. It's not like uh, you know the whole adage, as the adage goes, like MD stands for minor deity. So people, you know, it's like you know people in their high and mighty white coats. N- not not blasting that it's just it's a different uh outlook a lot of the times first names are used quite frequently sorry just okay tangent all right caleb you are a doctor at a top hospital you have six gravely ill patients five of whom are in urgent need of organ transplants you can't help them though because there are no available organs that can be used to save their lives The sixth patient, however, will die without a particular medicine. If he dies, you'll be able to save the other five patients by using the organs of patient six, who is an organ donor. But you have access to the medicine that would be used to save their life. What do you do? Mm, I feel like I've gotten this question in an exam before. 
Because oh. we have like the, there's this one specific exam, which is just the bane of my existence, but it was all these kind of like questions and you have to like rank them like a Likert scale, mm. like appropriateness. This is tough. So just to clarify, so there are six patients. Five absolutely have to have organ transplantation to survive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are no other available organs in the vicinity. Correct. A apart from the <laughs> the one who is living and yes. could be easily treated with medicine. Correct. What are the ages? What are the ages? Um, yeah. <laughs> let's assume they're all the same age. Let's assume okay. they're all similar in age to you. Okay. They're not, they're, they're not, yeah, they're not old. I'm assuming that does change things, right? Like if they're kind of towards the end of their life. Potentially. I mean, it, it I, you know, it's, it's one of those gray areas, but I, from my experience, people that ask these questions tend to always throw in an age to really make okay. you think. You know, mm -hmm. like, oh, the, this guy is 80 and has lived a good life versus this guy is 20, but he's a raging alcoholic and his liver is just gone, effectively, mm -hmm. um, if you see what I mean. But that, that makes it a little easier, actually, if they're all the same ages. Okay. Oh, wait, well, let's, maybe we can no, check no, it out. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just say that. Let's just, just, I'm just trying to... You know, nobody's more deserving or less deserving kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, which I guess, who are you to decide who's more and less deserving, right? But This is anyways. true. Well, if you're a minor deity, then you maybe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. But you've, you've denounced that lifestyle, so. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not. My <laughs> Mine would be minor MBCHB, minor. Okay, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So I think, so are we to assume that with the organs being transplanted, that this is some idyllic universe where it goes without a hitch? There's no rejection? Yeah, I mean, statistically, at least, you're, all five, the, the other five people, would like, they're not all going to reject it or anything. like You know, maybe let's say there's a chance that one of the people might have some issues with the the transplant, but but even then you're saving four people, right? So like, let's assume it's mm -hmm. still going to benefit the larger majority. I can't, I wouldn't say that it's an idyllic universe where all five would be perfectly healthy after, but right, you know, eighty percent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a tricky one. I mean, I think. The short answer is I would give the medicine to the one because it, it is, there's like all these different ethical principles. Like we talked about utilitarianism kind of, you know, if you solely took that approach, then you would almost have to go with the transplanted ones because it would be saving three people, at least, you know, statistically, maybe three people out of the five or whatever. So it's three times as many people as you're saving. But if you have access to medicine and you're not giving it to someone and you know that that will cure them and that is a very straightforward treatment. Okay. And you're not doing that and you're taking the risk. Well, A, you're letting someone die. You're letting Well, okay, okay, but let's assume 
the the medicine you have has only like a fifty percent success rate. Oh, Does that change? <laughs> Because I mean, I mean, realistically, that's, I, mean, I don't know if 50% is necessarily the proper way to say that, but like either the medicine's going to work or it's not in real life, right? I mean, like you could like, well, I've got to do the right thing and I've got the medicine available. Let me give it to this guy. But imagine you do that and he still dies. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like that's always a possibility too. Yeah. But you could also alternatively, you could hypothetically, uh, you know, let this guy die and then harvest his organs and then all the other guys do that too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky one. I think I would still have to go with the meta, even if this was a idyllic universe, as we've said, with no very strict laws around organ transplantation and, you know, human tissue acts and et cetera. I think I would probably still go with the medicine on this one. And yep. go, go against a utilitarian approach. I feel like it's not fair to really consider the guy uh, who needs the medicine, right? Because assuming he was perfectly healthy, the other five people would still be in that same position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, we can't just all of a sudden, oh, well, now this guy happens to be sick, but he's got the healthy organs needed. So, let's pull him into this problem. Right, for lack of a better term, you know, that, okay. I don't think yeah. that's a fair way to look at it. Yeah, and I'm I'm coming at this. I'm trying to like stay open minded just for the sake of conversation, but like in reality, it's just a very straightforward. No, you would absolutely give the kind right. of medicine because you have to. Yeah, you have to treat each individual patient like as you said. This isn't the Wild West uh, where you're sunbathing on the saloon and <laughs> and <laughs> you, you can just do whatever the hell you want uh you have to treat each individual patient patient centered care um as that's own entity um yeah it's a, it's a fascinating question would you would you go the route of what would you do doctor dr t-dog um i mean i've always heard again based on movies that a doctor pledges to do no harm right so this is true if I've made that pledge, I'm not going to let the one guy die if I have his medicine. Mm-hmm. And then I would do the the true hero's approach, and I would cut out my own liver and give that to oh. at least one of the five. Or, I don't know, what do you have two of? Kidneys? It's not livers. You only have one liver, right? I was going to say, you, you wouldn't make it very far. <laughs> Did you know that the, the liver has over 400 functions for your body? Think no, about that. I did not. Yeah. But yeah, you have yeah you have two kidneys, two kidneys. Okay, I'll cut out a kidney, yeah, and uh, give that. I'll cut out a kidney and give it to the guy who needs a kidney. Um, and then I will, I will tell him I will give you this kidney if you give up some other uh, organ that you don't necessarily need to live for some save somebody else, and it'll be like a bargaining train. Oh wow! So people just forevermore. Cutting out. So when you say you're going to cut out your kidney. Well, I'm going to go into surgery. I'm not going to cut it out myself. Oh, okay. I'm just imagining. Again, this is not. Reaching not around your back food. and stabbing and hoping for the best. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Also, Tim, did you know that kidneys, they are perfused and filter out the equivalent of a bathtub of water a day? I mean, of blood, of course. But Wow. Oh. Just think about a bathtub. 
amount of, of blood fluid going through your <laughs> no this isn't dexter um but you have two kidneys so are we saying like per kidney there's like a bathtub full of blood that filters through or oh you're really just combined testing my first year medical Come on. school knowledge hey, you're the one who brought it up i'm sorry I'm, well i've just always been fascinated kidneys are i hate they are so complicated but fascinating uh, I believe it is the combined of the two. I don't think it's per kidney. Okay. So if you give one, you've only got a half-filled bath, you know. You're going <laughs> to be exposed to that cold air current. <sighs> you know, you're probably that way yeah. anyways. As tall as you are, you're like scrunched up and appendages exposed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you mean like when I'm in a bathtub? Yes, I don't yes, yes. That's I what I mean. I mean, unless you have an extra long one. I don't. It's the worst. <laughs> well, that was so cool, Tim. I you took uh, some of our just whimsical conversations and really did something different today. So yeah, you know, I did, but at the same time, like we still had fun with it. So that, this is true. What this is know? true. How 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 can we do such things? Because we're just a rambling always. <laughs> Always and forever. You ready for story time? I'm ready for... Story time. It's time for story time. Every time I just imagine little Muppet-like creatures running around. Yes. Yeah. You Kermit said that. Frog and... I know. Miss Piggy. But I just can't get the image out of my head, even though we're the ones who provided the lovely voices for that little drop. Yeah. Meowy time. It's time for meowy. What is that? It's a bit of milk and cocoa. I just never cease to fucking <laughs> amaze me. And what do you mean? <laughs> What's amazing about me drinking a cup of chocolate milk? Oh, oh I thought like, like hot chocolate powder just mixed in with cold milk. <laughs> I mean, that's how you make chocolate milk anyways. Like, You think this came out of a brown cow, Caleb? No, it didn't. Somebody mixed chocolate powder with milk. Mm. Or was it... Well, I don't think that chocolate milk comes out of a brown cow, but there is that, the Nesquik money. Maybe that's oh, what Mecham was trying to draw. The Nesquik bunny. Yeah. It turned out like a snake. What if the Nesquik bunny was a snake? Posing as a bunny. Yeah. A snake eating all the children his <laughs> pedophile bunny. Here we are. Post Muppet story time. Alone. Oh. Singing a long song. Now, Tim, I, I feel like I've been asking you to recap the stories. You want me to recap this week? Yeah, it's your turn. It's my turn. Okay, okay, great. Now, last week's episode, we discussed, we kind of introduced the cove. We talked about a lot of different people that live there. Uh, specifically, we mentioned Graham. Graham Cracker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you called him. You called him a cracker in last week's episode as well. Uh, but he, he was the one that had all the lofty ideas about Christmas Town, the town that never existed. And... Yoshweba, who we have mentioned a few times, uh, but 
I think he'll he'll come up more um, in next week's episode, particularly. And then Hunter, who we've mentioned several times, you know, with his his warm milk nightly rituals, the upstairs crew, etc. We introduced our rooms. You'll recall that I lived in Tim's closet, aka Narnia. Narnia. This is where his little furry left me a little present that one time, even before I moved in. You should really think of a different word. I don't know if you know the connotation of the word furry, but it's not. It's got a bad connotation. Does it? Yes. What is it? <laughs> furry is the is the phrase used for certain lifestyles of people who like to dress up like animals and fornicate. <laughs> no, it does not. It does. I promise you. You are Joshuibing me. You see what I'm I did not? There? Yeah, I see what you did there, but I'm not. I have never yeah. heard that. Where do you hear it's these an, things? It's then? an American thing. <laughs> well, I. Uh, Sorry to get us off topic here. No, I, I used to work with a guy who, uh, he was like big into like um, Dragon Con type stuff. Don't know if you're familiar with that. Like, you know, uh, I mean, on a very surface level. Yeah. Well, you just kind of like, you dress up in honor of your favorite like video game character or, you know, movie character, that kind of thing. Well, I guess he had gone to a Dragon Con-esque, you know, event and across the street there was a furry convention and uh he was telling me the story and i was like what is furry can he's the one who he's the one who told me. so anyways just be careful when you're referring to your animals as furries it might give somebody the wrong idea oh my that's God. all i'm saying okay wow <laughs> that really took a turn i wonder if that it stem, did <laughs> i wonder if that stems from the shining that that one scene i'm sure that that has something to do with it yeah Here's Johnny. Oh, no. Here's Wibby. I've been, I've been waiting weeks to say that. Okay. You messed it up. Wow. I, well, the <laughs> actual phrase is, here's Johnny from the... Oh, I know, but... Okay. Anyways. Okay. Anyways, back to the, fur the furry. Yes. Uh, so, Tim's wonderful little dog... Uh, <laughs> Not Hank. This was my family dog. Friday was her name. Is her name? She's yes. still she's still kicking. Yeah. Oh. Oh. She, oh. That makes me so happy. She's so cute. Uh, and you found her on. Was it Friday? Black Friday. Mm -hmm. Black Friday. Oh, it was Black Friday. Yeah. And she's she's also black, isn't she? She is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so those are the things we discussed last week, and I think I had mentioned a story about being electrocuted with the Holy Spirit, as well. Uh, it's just a kind of uh, bonus tag along. So yes, that is where we are at. Again, this is senior year part one um, that we are in the cove. So yes, where to begin today? Yeah, well, I guess we can just kind of start fleshing out. Like you know, we've gotten we've at this point we're settled into the house, the house, um, yes. and the lifestyle thereof. And so there are just so many wonderful little stories to just kind of share to really give our listeners the proper experience this is what life in the cove was all about yes yeah so it, today is really just a collection of some smaller stories to kind of paint what it was like that first year at the cove yes. should we try to give them um 
maybe like a audio tour of the house, you know, just to kind of get some context. I think we, we did that last episode. Okay. You gave us a very visual tour. Again, I felt like I was on that tour with you. I had the, the goggles on and everything. Okay. Well, just as a recap, in case you guys forgot, there were three stories in the house. The top floor had two bedrooms and a Narnia. Mm-hmm. That's where Caleb and I lived in the, the bedroom with Narnia. I, well, I lived in the bedroom. Caleb lived in Narnia. Mm-hmm. Hunter lived in the other room. On the main floor, when you walk in, that's where Graham and, and Josh shared a bedroom, kitchen, living room, laundry yes. room, all in that same floor, as well as a garage. Yes. And then, yes, you go down the stairs to the basement, and there was just a big open space. Yes. And there was and, and a half garage, or I think they called it a boat garage. Yeah. And then there was also this little side kind of study room, unfinished area yes. as well. Yes, in the basement. Yes, yeah. That's where we smoked our cigars. Was it? No. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were some stogies enjoyed, but uh, they, they were not in the basement. We'll, we'll come on to that. I always imagined that would have been a good, like a poker room though, you know? It was, yeah, in fact, there was a there was a poker set, like a poker chip set in that room that I had from like somehow I, my dad had given it to me in high school or something like that. Mm-hmm. But we never played poker. We didn't. But we, you know, it was like a round table, an actual round table, not the metaphorical group, the round table. But yes, the secret society. Yes, of the round table. But uh, to kick to kick the stories off today, um, we mentioned Narnia, and Narnia will be a reoccurring theme just because of all the fun times that Tim and I especially shared in Narnia. But one one thing that was, so it was, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but because of its uniqueness as a bonus room that you had to go through your closet to get into, in a lot of ways, it was, I, I'm not sure what the phrase, not the Holy Grail, but- it's a novelty. It, yeah, a novelty. There we go. Is that word? Well, not only was it that like, it was kind of like, you had to go on. There's only one way to the room and it was through my bedroom, but it was a very unique room in and of itself. It was probably bigger than mine and Hunter's bedroom. In some ways it was um, a lot longer, mm-hmm. but it was a kind of a more narrow room. Yeah. And then there were no windows and also the ceiling, because you were kind of butted up against the the roof of the house, the ceiling was slanted. So you could only like walk standing straight up like in one, like you couldn't move about the room fully um, standing straight right, up. Right. Especially you. And on so top tall. of that, you had decorated it nicely. I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, you had a, uh, you had a lot of like um, lights hanging up and you had a couple of flags hanging on the slanted wall. Yes. Yeah. Just kind of really made it just kind of your own like little hermit hole or hobbit hole. <laughs> a hermit hole. I like that. Yes, if you if you haven't seen, uh, go go to the the socials, and we will have posted a couple pictures of Narnia, so you can have that context and be in that scenario, that environment with us. Uh, yes. But yeah, so anyways, all that to say that people would often, you know, people would be told about Narnia and be very inquisitive about Narnia, and so whenever you know there being five people in the house, inevitably guests were gonna, you know, crop up pretty routinely, and. Oftentimes, people would come by, you know, later in the evening, and I, I like to wind down at a reasonable hour. <laughs> and I had already. Can I add one more thing about quality of Narnia that is, I think, relevant to the story? Because of its like 
solitary, you know, environment, you, it is very easy to like not know what's going on in the rest of the house. Like you don't hear unless somebody's right at the door to Narnia. You can't hear if anybody has visited. Yeah, You can't hear what's going on with the other housemates. And again, without windows, you can't see anything that's going on outside. So you were just very much isolated from the rest of the world. This is true. This is true. Um, which actually, it uh, that plays an important role in the the way that these next few events ended up happening. But yeah, so as as you say, I was kind of winding down. I don't know that someone is over at the house uh, unless I've previously been downstairs. So I am at this point in the bed. Now I have disrobed. I've gotten into my bed and I'm, as I said, winding down. The lights are off. And I remember, I think it was Graham, if I'm not mistaken, but he was showing, and this happened a couple times, but this specific time I remember he brought a couple of girls, I think that we had actually known from house church up to see Narnia. <laughs> so I'm like just in, in the zone, just about to, you know, hit the old proverbial, as I say, and then the light switches on and then Graham Let's clarify that means go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, we, we clarified that last episode, uh, well, oh, we didn't okay. have to Sorry. clarify it, I guess. We well, just in the way that you're setting the story up, I just feel like it's necessary. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. I was going to sleep and all of a all of a sudden the lights come on and Graham and this posse of about 3 or 4 people come barreling into Narnia. He's like just showing them around and he's like, "Hey, you want to get up and, you know, this and that." I'm like, "Mm-mm. I'm good." <laughs> And, uh, so yeah, um, note, you know, if the, the moral of the story is either lock the door, which I don't even remember. Well, I don't, I don't think there was a lot because it wasn't uh, intended to be a bedroom. This is true. This is, oh, which I, I could have locked my door, but I don't think I was home. I don't think you were. Or like, at least I wasn't in my room. So this is true because you were like the gatekeeper to Narnia. You would have known like, Hey, he's, you know, some gatekeeper I was right. I Yeah. You had abandoned your post. Was out gallivanting all the time. Yeah. It's a frivolous lifestyle. Yes. Um, another fun kind of Narnia related story. One of my favorite stories from the Cove. Uh, our first, the f- so that first fall that we lived there, we started hearing rumors uh, throughout the neighborhood of a bear infestation. Uh, we'd come home quite often, trash cans, you know, out by the road would all be flipped over. And across the street from us was a neighbor who, I think had mentioned to one of us that that he had seen a bear and he's like, y'all need to be on the lookout or whatever. Mm -hmm. The bears were constantly getting into our trash. Well, one night late at night I had work, I had been working. I worked at a burrito shack on campus and I'd come home. The baby angels. Yes. Yes. And I'd come home and you were, you and you were uh, Morgan, I believe were in Narnia watching a movie. So I didn't see you guys. You guys probably didn't even know I was home. Um, I walk into the living room and our three roommates, Graham, Hunter, and Josh were all sitting there speaking with a, a good friend of ours named Jeremy. And we, they were just kind of chatting it up. And I walked in and so I kind of plopped down uh, on the couch next to them and we just kind of joined their conversation. And then we hear a gunshot 
from outside. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, what is this? So we run outside. And sure enough, we see our neighbor who I, I will add, I don't remember his name. I think it was Martin. Um, he was an uh, ex-ranger, um, but he had a pistol in his hand. He was running across the street towards our house. <laughs> And I mean, at this point we had established enough of a relationship with him to not like think he's coming for us. Uh Um, So we kind of like all kind of crowd out onto our little front porch and uh, he's like the bear, he just ran around your house. And then without hesitation, two things happened. Number one, Josh Yoshiba took off after the bear without any kind of forms of protection. He just took off the bear. And then in response, without hesitation, I ran up the stairs through my bedroom into Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to get, because you had a shotgun. I did, yes. I, I kept it. I had a mini fridge in Narnia. It was, you know, all you ever need in Narnia, really, apart from a microwave. But yes, I had a shotgun mini next to the shotgun. All you need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not loaded, mind you. Um, but well, it, right. And also I will preface with the fact that I've never shot a gun in my life. I have no idea how to use this, but I was like, you know what? You never know. Josh is, he might be fighting off a bear with his, you know, bare hands. And so I just grabbed the gun. Like I remember running in there and you and Morgan just kind of like are startled. You just both look up at me, you know, watching your movie, your TV show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, the bear's here. And I grabbed the shotgun and I just take off down the stairs. And you're, I'm sure like, what the heck just happened? Yes, yes. Because again, Narnia, you don't know. I, I didn't know there was a bear outside or any of this commotion. Yeah. So I just, the bear's here and grabs my shotgun and takes off. Yes. And then I get outside. And uh, at this point, Josh had at, somehow successfully chased off the bear. The bear apparently had dropped the trash um, in the middle of the woods and, you know, I finally arrived with this shotgun that, again, not loaded. I don't have it even, like, properly. Who knows? I don't know what I was doing with it. Uh-huh. Just wanted to, you know, be a part of the uh, the action, I guess. And yeah. You and Morgan <laughs> shortly thereafter joined the group. Yes. Um, but as I said, we were su- successful in, in scaring off the bear. I remember the next morning, Hunter telling us that he was walking out to his car to get head to class. And as he's like sticking the key into the door to unlock, the bear pops his head around the side of the house. Oh my! Just gosh. makes eye contact with Hunter, <laughs> and Hunter just slowly gets into his car, and the bear kind of trollops away. Wow! So but, did it come up it onto was, the front porch, or no? I think it was just kind of <laughs> inspecting because uh, this would have been on the opposite side of the house of the of the porch. Oh, I see. So, okay. Okay. And I think it was just kind of looking for its trash again, but I'm, I'm assuming that bear was more afraid of Hunter than he was afraid of it. But I think he seemed to be pretty terrified. Yeah, maybe he smelled the milk, the warm. <laughs> yes, Hunter liked his milk. Um, yes. I, well, ba- okay. Back to the Josh Yoshiba just taking off after this bear. <laughs> I, just, I feel like that was just a point that was just so Rushed nonchalantly. Off. Well, I mean, that's how he acted. That's how he acted. It was just like no big deal. But I mean, I I mean, again, I didn't see the whole thing happen because my first thought is like, oh, I've got to go get this gun to protect Josh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But by the time I had returned, um, Josh seemed fine. I don't think he, he actually came in contact with the bear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm imagining a scene, like all these different movies come to mind, like, you know, uh, the Revenant when, He's mm. fighting the bear and just, I can see yeah, just, grief. Jo, you know, Yoshiba just 
you know, clamp down in the jaws of this bear. And, and now this was this is a black bear. This is not a grizzly bear. Just to uh, that's fair. Provide clarity. Plus, Martin's out there with his little pistol. So yeah. Um, but I, I, was I just, should imagine things had gone south. You, you, and Morgan and myself come down with the shotgun not loaded <laughs> <laughs> to Josh getting mauled, and you know Martin at this point's on the ground. You, the, the pistols five feet away from him. Yeah. Graham and Hunter like screaming, you know, maybe they're throwing rocks at the bear or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh Jurassic park at the, you know, the infamous opening scene, the British guys shoot her. And I, that's what I'm yelling to you, Tim shoot her. Cause you've got the gun and you're like, it takes you two minutes to figure out how to, you know, cock it. And then you finally, there's no bullets. And yeah, just perpetually so. yelling shooter. And you're like, it's not working. Which it, when I, as soon as I pull the trigger, that's it. The bear looks up at me. And he's like, oh, there's a threat. Oh god! <laughs> but yeah, this, this oh, this one will feed my my den, my my family. Your <laughs> <laughs> Weebo was not a large individual, but you know, you Tim, you. yeah, no, I would have made for a great dinner. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. Um, but you know, eventually, as we said, the bear left. I think, I think our bins were raided a few more times, but. I don't know if we ever saw saw Oyogi again. Nope. His I think Hunter was the last one to see it alive. Picnic basket. Okay, cool, cool. But before we continue with this story, Tim, let's hop into a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. But speaking of the shotgun, uh, we had mentioned last episode, I believe, our landlord... Leland and, you know, somehow me becoming the person in charge of getting all these signatures, hurting cats and the like. Well, Leland had come over to, I don't really remember why he was there, but, you know, some, he would just make appearances sometimes. And he had come into Narnia and was just praising. He's like, oh, this looks so much better than, and probably smells better than, you know, I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I remember it last time. Had a certain aroma, but he, I noticed that he, saw my shotgun and said, oh, wow, you know, I, I wouldn't want to mess with you or just like made some kind of joke in passing. And that was the start of y'all's friendship, I think. It was, yes, because I had, <laughs> I don't remember how long this went on for, but yes, it meant my I, prank, I don't know if you can call it a prank or just a bold-faced lie, I don't know, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I had you guys convinced that, so there was this, when we lived in Willow Trace, um, there was this place called Shenanigans and it was probably a three or four minute walk from where we lived, would you say? Yeah, definitely. And sometimes I would go and just grab a beer and journal or whatever. So I had made this joke that when I was doing such things, I ran into Leland and we had a really like detailed conversation and he was opening up to me about he and his wife were getting a divorce. I don't know why this came to my mind, but I just thought to carry on this story and i don't i don't know i don't remember how long it went on for but well yeah you had certainly convinced us that that you and, and leland had a pretty close relationship and so which probably didn't help your frustrations with uh you know like your dealings with him because we just assumed well caleb and leland hang out so it's the, no problem this is true yeah yeah any issues we have with the house you could just take care of but yeah leland would come over from time to time in fact um he had come over the, so the second semester we were at the Cove, this would have been like, you know, in January, I remember him coming over and, and screaming 
what did he say? Dear God. <laughs> he so he had he had come over to the house. What what we found out later was that he was coming just to make sure that the uh everything was good in regards to winter proofing our house. Mm-hmm. Which we did not um, do a good job of. So let me preface with a couple of things. So we we left for Christmas break, as you do in college. Now, just a couple of things to consider. Um, there were technically only two entrances to the house. There was the front door, and there was the basement door. Yes. Which we rarely would use. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there was also a back deck that did had no access to the ground. It was it was a story above the the back of the house and there was no like stairwell. However, there was a ladder left under that porch from I'm assuming the previous tenants or perhaps it was Leland's. I don't know, but it was a ladder big enough for somebody to, um, if they wanted to, they Mm -hmm. could have used it to climb onto the back deck. Now hoist themselves up to the, they could hoist themselves up. Yes. Now it had a sliding glass door. The deck did. When we returned from Christmas break, the sliding glass door was slightly cracked. And I remember Hunter and I were like the first two back and we were just like, well, this is strange. Um, then we go to the, the bathroom upstairs, the bathroom that the three of us shared. And there was um, like hair shavings in the sink. And of course, you know, we didn't take everything home with us and, you, you, and and myself and Hunter, even we were all very hairy males, and you know we, there were shaving apparatuses in there. But the three of us had also um, had gone kind of through a deep, a deep clean because we were relatively clean compared to the rest of the household. We'll get to that. Yep. But uh, so we had like done a deep clean, and the sink was spotless. But when we, when Hunter and I were kind of doing our inspection, there was hair in the sink, and we're like, "Well, this is." This is weird. And then, well, when you say there was hair in the sink, wasn't it that it was like a pile of, it wasn't like, you know, when you shave your beard, sometimes there are all, all these little miniaturized hairs all over mm-hmm. the sink. Was it, wasn't it like a nice little pile of hair? I honestly can't remember. Okay. We'll go with that, I guess. Is, maybe that's relevant. I don't, okay. Um. Anyways. And so then at this point we're starting to wonder, well, did somebody get into the house? Cause we kind of speculated that nobody had locked the patty the sliding glass door because why would we right we didn't even think about the ladder which in retrospect goofy we should have gotten either rid of the ladder or locked the door or both yeah but then we're like well somebody's you know messed with this so then we go down to the basement there was a bathroom down there as well and the sink was running now again in retrospect i think leland had turned the sink on Mm -hmm. to make sure that uh you know the pipes didn't freeze and burst. Yeah. But just at this point, we had hy- hypothesized that someone had, you know, come in through the house and perhaps had used a restroom. They, they'd shaven uh, themselves <laughs> upstairs. Maybe they washed their hands on their way out of the house in the basement. But it didn't take anything. But didn't take it. <laughs> well, I w- we just kind of assumed that maybe this was like a really nice, like per- pop- uh, possibly homeless person who just like needed a warm place to stay for a little bit and he knew that um you know it was christmas break that nobody would be home and you know at least he can just kind of get in uh, to a warm spot so we're like oh and then also somehow this kind of ran into our equation but there was a uh, mouse floating in the 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the toilet of the main floor bathroom, which was in Graham and Josh's room. Yes. And we assumed that somebody put the mouse there. Realistically, the mouse probably fell in there. I don't know. Yes. But I remember all these thoughts like, okay, we have a homeless person. And it just kind of became this myth, this running lore in the house that we at one point had a hermit. And for a little while, we blamed you, I think. You did, yes. And I don't know why. But, <laughs> and I think maybe maybe the reason was because you will recall back from high school days, you know, hermit chasing and, you know, shoveling salt and the like. So, I maybe Tim had you probably threw me under the bus. Let's let's be honest. You're probably like Caleb has a run had had run-ins with hermits before. He knows their ways. <laughs> but but that doesn't make any sense because I had run-ins with hermits too. So I don't know why I would just I don't know maybe. But <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, we somehow you know we weren't all that concerned. I guess because nothing had been taken, and so it just kind of became well maybe we can kind of make light of the situation and kind of jokingly made this, uh, you know, story that you had like kind of staged all of this stuff. Uh huh. Um, who knows? I don't A lot of this we'll never have answers to. Yeah. However, um, you know, in our ob- observance of, of a potential break in or, or what have you, I had turned the sink off in the basement. Right. Mm-hmm. Now again, retrospectively, I'm assuming Leland had turned that on to, winterize the house as i said yes he he back to the story that kind of started all of this leland comes over this would have been probably the beginning of the second week of us being back at the house yes he walks downstairs to the basement and also that the basement just as a visualization there was no it was not hardwood floor nor was it like properly carpeted, they were just tiles of carpet just kind of pushed up against yes. each other. And they were all kinds of different carpets. Yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty tacky and pretty wacky. Yes. But um, yeah, so Leland goes downstairs. Yeah. So Leland goes downstairs and um he at this point, I don't even know how long it had been like this, which makes the story all the more funny. Cause as we said, we did not go to the basement very often. So I'm not sure it's sort of the time lag between the events. It had to have been a, a little bit because it Leland goes down there. And I think Hunter was the only one home because he's kind of retelling the story. But he here's Leland go down there and go, there, God, there's a lot of water down here. <laughs> and and I remember Hunter explaining that Leland stepped on the first um, carpet pad and it just kind of started wiggling as if it was like sitting on. So at this point there was at least like an inch or at least a half inch of water completely covering the entire floor. Yes. And these carpets were just floating and Leland stepped on it. And of course it, it sunk to the the bottom. Oh, I was thinking that he like stepped on it and then it was kind of like riding it like a wave across. the (laughs) (laughs) Pretty, pretty tight. I don't think, uh, the carpets would have held them though. Probably not. Um, so he goes and, you know, eventually tells us that a, a pipe had burst. And I think at that point I was like, oh, I should have left the water running. But I don't uh, think any of us fessed up to the fact that no. we. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, to, to to your credit, I I was also probably very largely to blame because I think the the way the heating ran in the house was it was related to gas. Like there was a gas tank on the property um, and it, it was some sort of process to just have someone come out and refill it and a certain amount of money on top of what we were already paying for, you know, 
rents and fees and what have you. And I think I had really pushed you guys. I'm like, come on guys, we, we can weather out the storm. Let's not, let's not worry about it. It will be <laughs> fine. We'll bundle up. And so I think that also in conjunction with the faucet largely played a role yes. in the events. But we call that the great flood of 14 because it was uh, quite impressive, you know, yeah. the amount of water. But I will say that we had a guardian angel looking out for us because for a long time prior to this, you and I both had like all of our amps and our guitar pedals on the mm-hmm. ground in the basement and had just so happened to move everything up to like Narnia and, you know, your, your stuff to your room. Right. So that could have been much worse than it was. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing was really harmed or, you know, damaged or anything like that. Leland, of course, got the pipes patched and we just kept on moving along. We did. We did. Well, one other thing I wanted to mention, um, I've already somewhat mentioned it, but but you and, and myself, and I hope we don't sound arrogant in saying this, but I feel like of the of the five housemates, you and I were probably the the more clean in regards to um, you know, a living space, right? Not necessarily hygienically. Um, although maybe that too, I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I know that uh, the 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 main floor bedroom at some point started smelling kind of funky, but we'll get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but in in terms of just kind of keeping things clean, picked up, it seemed that you and I were probably the best at that, and maybe that was because you and I had lived together prior, right? right? And we had we had lived in kind of an off camp flight. We were used to having a kitchen and that kind of stuff that we had to keep tidy. Whereas I guess the other guys primarily had been living in the suites on campus, which I'm assuming had like a community kitchen type thing. Correct. Which I I doubt was ever used much. Um, but just very much, um, they did, they didn't have quite the same experience we did. And, and, and to your credit, I wasn't the greatest at keeping things clean. Our first year together, you actually had, you know, had to bring some of that to my attention, right? So I think from our experience, we kind of learned, hey, you know, it's not just us living. It's not just me living here, right? but we're all in this together. So, you know, out of respect for each other, we'll keep clean. Now, Hunter was all right at it. Mm-hmm. Josh was all right at it. Graham, if you're listening, love you to death. That's That was kind of the <laughs> the weakest link in terms of keeping things clean. And, you know, to his credit, Graham was a very this is the way i describe graham to people very big picture kind of guy you know you think yeah. back to christmas town mm-hmm. yeah of course he he's great at casting vision it's the little details that i think he misses mm-hmm. um but we all have our pros and cons right we all have our strengths and weaknesses yes but i think that his lack of ability to see the smaller picture kind right. of correlated into him not being the greatest at cleaning yeah and his um, his big picture was that bowl of cereal wasn't it that yes the end correct result? yes it's a great example of of Graham's um, lack of cleanliness. I remember just it was a growing frustration, just that like there was always a mess in the kitchen after Graham had been through there, and this kind of all culminated into this one moment. I remember walking down through the living room, and, and Graham's just snacking on a bowl of cereal, and I walk into the kitchen, and there is cereal all over the counter except for in like this perfect symmetrical circle. Yeah. Which I very quickly uh, imagined that the bowl had been there and Graham had just kind of violently shaken the, uh, the, the box of cereal to, to pour the cereal contents into the bowl. 
and quite a few serial particles, you know, landed outside around the bowl. Mm-hmm. And he picked it, but he just didn't pick those up. He just grabbed the bowl. I'm assuming, yeah. presumingly, poured his milk and then went on his way. And I just remember thinking, well, I started calling. Him. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, I called him Michael J. Fox because it just seemed like he just had uh, early onset Parkinson's or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like he just clearly had no control over his muscle spasms or something because mm-hmm. how fine trimmer. How do you miss the ball to that extent? And then, which I wouldn't have even cared if he had cleaned it up, but it just, that it was left there. Yes. And, but yeah. So hysterical. And we, to combat this, you and I thought, well, you know, let's, let's take a systematic approach. <laughs> you know, let's follow the simple honeybee. And so we came up with a chore list and I, I forget the exact structure of this. Maybe you remember better than I, but effectively that we would rotate certain tasks, you know, like ensuring that yes. dishes were in. And then we sign off on them or initial off of it. Yeah. So that, that's the best part to me is that you had to initial. And I think that came back to bite us in the ass. <laughs> it did not work like at all because as soon as you you had printed out the list and brought it to the uh the fridge yep but i think i was kind of the one who like all right let's call a town hall meeting if you will brought everybody together Mm -hmm. i was like hey look you know like we're all in this together you know i feel like sometimes certain tasks fall to myself or caleb more and I tried to be fair and I was like, you know, and, and maybe Josh takes out the trash more than anybody, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, just not really fair if we're not all pulling the same weight. So we have this short chart and, you know, if we can all kind of rotate on these different things, I think it would be more beneficial to everybody. And I mean, yeah, looking back, like we're in college, like, and we're mm-hmm. trying to enforce this short chart, like what idiots are we, <laughs> you know? And I remember... Like you put up the chart and uh, immediately like Hunter was like, oh, well, I took out the trash last last week. So let me initial. Yes. And just started filling it out. And then Josh was like, oh, yeah, well, a couple of weeks ago I had done this. Mm -hmm. And I was just like that. We're we're missing the point. You know, like this is just it just (laughs) fell flat on its face. But the whole intent wasn't even to call it anybody but Graham. But in a way that wasn't like like clearly calling him out right right like we're not right. trying to embarrass anybody we did you know we left the tour chart up for a couple of weeks and you know you'd start seeing these initials and there was one person whose initials just weren't on there too often and that was graham and so i remember one point i was like hey you know graham i think it's your turn to sweep up the kitchen because you know mm-hmm. five dudes in the kitchen cooking oh i don't yeah, as a side note that is my biggest pet but, you know you walk into yeah. a kitchen with bare feet and a little pop tart crumb is stuck to your phone. Oh, <laughs> yes. So I was like, Graham, you know, I, I think it's your time to sweep. And I remember him taking the broom and it, I think I, it was pretty evident at this point. Graham had never used a broom properly in his life. Uh-huh. He had no idea what he was doing. And he tried his darndest, I guess. He was, he was taking the, you know, when you typically, when you sweep a kitchen and try to do a thorough job, you, you know, you'll move the kitchen tear, chairs because that's by and large where a lot of the stuff is going to be. Um, uh, you know, you'll, you'll probably know from Crosby, I'm sure that around his chair, there's all these little oh, crumbs. Yes. Um, same with Chutney and his litter. But you take a very thorough approach. You move the chairs, you sweep all of the kitchen. I just have this very mental image of walking into the kitchen and seeing Graham 
just spot sweeping in little corners. And <laughs> I just remember that, as you say, there was just uh, so much left. But bless, he, no, he no. tried. He tried. He did. And I don't want to like bash Graham. I love Graham. Graham is yeah, an yeah. amazing individual. And so, Graham, if you are listening, there's no hard feelings by any means. It's just a funny story that we like to think back to. Um, yes, yes. So. Good, good times. Well, we we mentioned earlier about the mouse in the toilet and that being, you know, did someone leave that there? But, you know, uh, Occam's razor just came to assume that the mouse had unfortunately fallen in uh, to its porcelain demise. But the <laughs> um, we ha- effectively had a mouse infestation in the house. And I remember being in that little room downstairs that we talked about with the poker table. And I would often study, I remember specifically studying physics down there one night for an exam or something. And I just hear something crawling around in the little vents because the top was exposed. So I hear something crawling around in the little vents and that just creates this mass hysteria about what is, what is in these vents? Is it some sort of alien creature that has inhabited the cove is someone up there is it the hermit you know and then i think slowly over time little clues were left uh notably in my bed i rolled over one time and there were you're kidding no no i'm not i rolled over in my bed and there were little pellets yikes yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so eventually you get for eating your nachos in bed my (laughs) nachos Our infamous nachos and oh, the pretzels and Nutella, Tim. That was also a mm, mm, so many staple. calories. But yes, so eventually we set a lot of mouse traps. I think we we got most of them. You know, I think we yeah eradicated. For the most You'll recall one um, one evening, you and me and Josh were in the kitchen just chit chatting, and I think. We had chased a, a rat under the dishwasher. There was like kind of a gap in between the floor and the dishwasher. Uh, a mouse. The mouse is. A mouse. I'm sorry. I always call them interchangeable, but I know they're not. That was my mistake. So he, Josh had chased, I think it was Josh who had chased one and, and like the, there was no getting to him. So Josh had slid a trap up just directly beside. And we kind of stayed in the kitchen just talking, eventually kind of disregarding. And we walked out. I, I'll never forget. We closed the, we are we walk out of the kitchen and we turn the light uh, light switch off. Yeah. And then as soon as we did that, we hear a snap Ooh. and we just run back in there. In the you remember that? Yeah. The mouse yeah. Definitely. Just kind of twitching on the mouse trap. Yeah. Because he he Which um was, he was hiding underneath the the dishwasher, and I remember Hunter like specifically putting honey or peanut butter or something on the trap and trying to get mm-hmm. him. Uh, so Josh. But oh, yeah. Josh. Sorry, Yoshiwa. Yes. Um, but I remember seeing that kind of mouse twitching and I was like, well, this is, uh, traumatizing for me. You know, I didn't want to watch that happen. So I remember after that, and we still had somewhat of a problem with, uh, with mice a little bit after that. So I had gotten the little sticky pads. I was like, well, this is how we're going to catch mice from now on. And sure enough, we catch one. This was in the basement. I wanted my sticky pads and I, I get it and I, go down there and then I see that he's been caught, but he's still alive. And I was like, Oh, I got to save him. So I take him out. I, I take him outside and I was like, I'm not going to kill this thing. You know, like that's just very inhumane. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the sticky trap. And so I Google, how do you release a mouse, you know, from sticky pad? And they said, um, <laughs> olive oil. So I took a bottle of olive oil and I go outside and 
pour the olive oil on the mousetrap. And sure enough, he he's like eating the olive oil, but he frees himself. And then he's like sitting right next to me and he's just like almost not scared of me. And I was like, oh, this is kind of exciting. Ooh, like maybe friend. I've made a new friend. Yeah. And then I go down to like pet him and he takes off. He tried which to is pet probably, him. <laughs> which is probably for the best because that would have ended in a lot of diseases. Um, yeah. But I remember going back to the house and, and telling, you know, the roommates this. And I think I was talking to Hunter and Josh and they said, okay, but you did that like, you know, not near the house, right? And I was like, oh, no, it was right beside the house, which means the mouse probably found his way back in. Yeah. I'm sure, inevitably. Yeah. It was literally in our yard, so. Okay, Didn't wow. take that one all the way through. You should have, yeah, just had, like, put him, you know, taking your bottle of olive oil and the, the mouse sticky pad and, you know, gone on a little drive, you know, and had some music yeah. in the background. Hindsight's 2020. Really bonded with the mouse as you set him free into his new home. Yeah. Well, you know, eventually, as I said, we got rid of all the mouses and mice. I say mouses, Tim. Tomato, tomato, effectively. But the mice. Remember the mice? My moose. Mice. Mice. <laughs> Would you believe it, Tim, as we conclude all of our stories today, that that was not, <laughs> that was not the, uh, you can't believe it. You're just, so ecstatic and um that was not the last time you know there was friday there was the mouses that was not the last time that a uh, fecal matter present was left <laughs> in that house um we're laughing because yes. tim has told me to say that specifically well I, but i was trying to make it seem like it was organic you know, oh, okay so. okay well i'll i'll edit it it's fine <laughs> Very true. Very true. Can't wait for that story. That'll be ne- next week. That is next week. We're trying to. We're trying to get Hunter on. Uh, no, no promises. You know, as you like to say, Tim. No promises. That's one of your two-word rules. And we'll, we're trying to think of how we can uh, make it a three-word rule. But yes, I like to. I never guarantee anything. You know. Oh, I, I've got it. I've got it. Okay. NFP. No gain promises, mate. Well, I had a blast, Tim. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm I can turn the volume down, I'm just suffering and silent um you know i meant to mention at the beginning of this episode in regards to hats and headphones the only one reason i did that was to match you but also so they were joking about how that's kind of like like people were making fun of it when you tried to match me but i I wasn't wearing a hat before you were i know but you usually do you usually have a little hat on Mm, i see yeah but People make fun of this? Look, yes, yes. I think on, I forget the name. Yeah, I've heard it on, <laughs> on a podcast before where people make fun of people wearing hats hmm. and headphones while they're podcasting. But you know what? You make it look fantastic. So, Thank you. I only do it because I'm on camera. And I almost always have a bad hair day by the time I'm recording. So, 
well, bedhead is in, you know, so it's in style. Not for me, it's not. Oh, okay. You got the the greasy kind of alfalfa thing going. Always, I can't. I I almost always have to shower when I wake. As soon as I wake up. Mm. Did you shower today? Almost. No, that's why I got the hat on. Oh, okay. I see. You know what I just realized? Underneath the bill of this hat, there's a little baseball sticker. I can see it if I look up. You have a little sticker on. No sticker on this oh, one. Just the, must have gotten taken off by the previous owners. Mm, just, <laughs> just the uh, the fish hook. Classic fish. All right. Well, thank you so much for all these stories today, Tim. Per usual, you just have a masterful. <laughs> you have a Doordash. Oh, Doordash! You have a master masterful and fanciful way of conveying these stories, and I feel so honored to be a part of that. No, it's it's all you. It's all you. It is all me. But hey, DoorDash. Um, I'm joking. But any fun stories from that? Not so far. Okay. Recently started DoorDashing, guys. But it's, I mean, it's fun, but nothing crazy. Nothing crazy's happened so far. Do you get to? Do you effectively ring? Do you ding dong ditch? Because you like leave the food and just ding dong, and then I don't even ding dong. If somebody requests that I leave it at their door, I just set it by their door and then it prompts me to take a picture to prove that I've done that and then I proceed to leave from there. So so that way you are three word rule. Uh, immune to criticism. Yes, ITC. Excellent. You're learning. Okay, cool, cool. Well, I will, you know, we'll check back in next week and see how that's going. Uh, I thought about doing okay. something similar here, maybe on my motorcycle or my bicycle. Yeah, you should get a little sidecar for Chutney. That'd be perfect. You can you could you'd be getting a lot of tips with that. I know. Yeah, be the the talk of the town. Any any remaining words as we close out the episode? Mm-hmm. Oh, you really look like you were going to say something there, but I do have some remaining words. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yep. I'm listening. I'm listening. Had enough of you and your rancid, beefy waffles, Tim. Beefy waffles. There was a a ninja game I used to play. This little animated ninja, and that was one of his catchphrases. Well, you know what, Tim? I actually used that catchphrase. How did he use it? Yeah, give me some context here. Oh, just use it in a sentence. It's like I don't appreciate you and your rancid, beefy waffles, or something like that. <laughs> a kids game, you know. I'm sure they they were they were talking about voluptuous headshots and bodacious sneak attacks and the like. <laughs> <laughs> but Tim, we have we have a double listener shout out of the week this week. Ooh. Now the reason being is because you know you had just captivated me so much in the episode of uh, well, John had captivated me really in when he came on. And I just forgot all about it at the end of that episode. So we're going to do two today to make up. Okay. Okay. Right. And I thought it only appropriate that the first listener shout out of this episode is a new follow, Jay Fern. 
Jay Fern, <laughs> 91. Jay Fern. AKA just Fernandez. Yes. I AKA. I think we all won. Okay. I'll just, I'll just, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Explain. Please elaborate. It's John. Somebody that I used to know. Oh, whoops. Ooh, that was lovely. You like that? Yeah. Was that our, um, that the song used? Mm-hmm. So, yes, in reference to this video, we had several people like it, Tim. But wanted to give a shout out to uh well, who should I give a shout out to, Tim? Jacob likes it when I do that. That's all I know. Shout out to Not a Sports Guy podcast. Oh, well, we've given that a shout out already. Okay, well, a second shout out because when I do that on that podcast, I don't get flack for it. So, <laughs> well, it's so loud on my end for some reason. We, you've got a choice. Turned all the way up. You've. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna give this up to you, Tim. You're gonna have a choice here. There are three family members. Let's just give. Let's just give them all three family members. Oh okay, my gosh, listen. a trip, a quadruple. Let's do it. Okay, gosh. Okay. Okay, well, the first one we have to thank this. Hit it, Caleb. We have to thank this special lady because without whom our old pal Wibby would A, not be here, nor would he be called Wibby. Lynn Sweeney. Let's go. Let's go, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Also, she has a music project. Lynn, say, did you want to give that a shout out as well? Tim? Hit it, Caleb. <laughs> what, like recreating the song? If you want. On which the borderline. I think that's my favorite. On the borderline. Oh, that's it. On the borderline. Yes. So go check out. I actually don't remember the, the handle. So it's Lynn underscore say. 2020. Oh, 2020. Okay. Yes. And Spelled L-Y-N underscore S-E-Y two zero two zero. Yes, yes. Gotcha. And also, second one. You knew it was coming. I did. I should have turned you way the hell <laughs> down. G-Money Banks. Let's go. G-Money. G-Money Banks, a.k.a. Right. Seth, who we've given who we've talked about several times on here. Yes. That's why he liked it, because he's gotten so much uh, references. Yes, yes. So many references. And finally, Nope. You can't say oh, that. She's not, she's not been established. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. Just bleep, just bleep it out. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm getting so... This is worse than John to me sometimes, Tim, because I've known your wife's name ever since. Keep my wife's name out. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just end the episode right there? That was, oh, that was too good. Man, if I could high five you right now. (laughs) Uh, We will not get into that uh, conundrum, though. 
I'm t- maybe that can be the next ethical moral. Oh, yeah. All right. Goodness. Tim, where can people find us if they want to email us? Uh, you always ask me this question and I never know the answer. The ramble podcast at email.com underscore. No, the ramble podcast dot the ramble at gmail.com. Times the charm. Yes. Third times the charm. And oh, that was good. And if you want to like us on Instagram underscore the ramble podcast, Facebook at the ramble podcast. But again, always check out our website. Give us likes chat yes. with us tell us what you want to hear us ramble about we'll likely just ignore it and do what we're doing anyways but no not really thousand percent okay thousand percent. definitely buy some stuff yes yes we're uh Got some sweet tangy tangy that's the word i like to use to describe our ramble gear tangy ramble gear. Ooh, tangy get you some get you some g-i-t-u-s-u-m Wow. Okay. Yeah, the new the new hashtag for our website. And you know, if you buy something, Tim will deliver hand deliver it to you himself, along with a McDonald's, not a sponsor, double cheeseburger, no onions because onions are nasty. Only if you order it on uh, DoorDash. Yes. Is there a way for them to do that? Tim? DoorDash.com. Just kidding. <laughs> it's an app. Could have had me fooled. All right. Any closing remarks, Tim? Just one. Keep my wife's name (laughs) out your mouth. Wow. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Okay, Tim, just like we practice. Ready? Sure. Bum. That's where you come in. That's where you come in. Bum. No, no. okay. You, you do the bum. I, we, didn't, we didn't practice this. We did. We did. I had a dream about it. Dream Tim, and I practiced it. Okay, come on, dream Tim. Let's go. Do it. I don't know what we're doing. Do the bum. Bum. Da, da, da. What are we, what is happening? Can you do it again? Bum. Bum. Da, da, da. Bum. Da, da, da. Bum. Da, da, da. She's got eyes on the bluest sky. I think you might have been practicing that with someone else. You and, you and Chutney maybe have been rehearsing this. <laughs> Well, my name is Derek, and I can sing ha ha. That's the, yeah, that's the best part. But I like the bow bow. My name is Whip. <coughs> was that the whole point? Whip. Was throw in my name is Whippy. Wow. I can sing ha like this. Whippy sings ha.
Was that was that the whole goal? Was to, to squeeze Wibby into your song here? Based on your tone, I'm gonna answer no. Good choice. My name is Whippy, and I can sing high like this. And Whippy sings high. Whippy sings high. <laughs> Sounds like you're strangling Chutney in here. All right, story time. 